Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Samuel chapter number 15. 2 Samuel chapter number 15. So 2 Samuel uh, chapter 15. Uh, I was thrilled uh, a, a few weeks ago when uh, Dr. Getch uh, gave me an opportunity to preach. I had something I was kind of thinking I was going to go. And uh, this past um, weekend, uh, Thursday after my classes, I flew up to uh, Seattle. And um, uh, Clark and Rachel Graham, I was with them on Thursday night. They moved their midweek service to Thursday and I could be with them and stayed with them at their home. And they're doing great. And the church is just doing super. And it was so good to be up there uh, with them. Uh, Friday morning in my devotions, I've been reading in 2 Samuel. And Friday morning, I read 2 Samuel chapter 15. And uh, now I want to tell you a little bit about my devotions. One, I love to journal. I love to write things in. But when I do my devotions, they're my devotions, okay? I'm not thinking about my classes. I'm not thinking about you guys. I'm not thinking about Mary Lee. I'm not thinking about my boys. I'm thinking about my life with the Lord and I have a devotion. So what happened Friday morning was unusual. But I'm telling you something. I read this passage. I'm reading this story about David, and we'll get into the story in just a minute. And gang, I cannot get you guys off my heart. And that is not normal. I mean, when I'm having my devotions, it's like, hey, God, what do you got for me today? Now, the Lord gave me things that day for me. But I am telling you, Friday morning in, uh, in Kent, Washington, God just all over me, this is what you need to give these students. And uh, so I really hope that you listen today. Yeah, I really don't have a lot of stories. We're just going to look at this story. And, uh, and I want to share with you a few principles um, I really don't even have a title for the message. The message is, why does David send the ark back to Jerusalem? Okay, that's, that, that, that's, that's, the, that's why. Why does David send the ark back to Jerusalem? But um, I really believe that this student body needs to hear this. And I, and I really do mean that. 2 Samuel chapter 15, let's look at verse 16. Um, uh, excuse me, verse 13 for just a moment. Verse 13, 14, kind of get the setting of what's happening in David's life. Um, you know, by the way, I, I wanted to share this with you in my studying of this passage in my devotions. You know, a lot of times we, we think like, you know, David had all these wives. And, and he, man, I think he had relationships with concubines he had kids with and, and all these wives. And, you know, like... Nothing's ever really said about the consequences, and he never really gets judged. He got the David Bathsheba thing, but outside of that, no, let me tell you something. David's got all kinds of consequences. His, his family is a complete soap opera. It's a complete mess. All kinds of things are happening. He's receiving all kinds of uh, consequences for having all these wives, for this polygamy, for all of the things that he's doing. No, there's all kinds of consequences. And now he's got a boy that's going to steal the kingdom from, from dad. And uh, we pick it up in 2 Samuel chapter 15. And a lot of it's because he didn't handle the thing with Amnon and Tamar properly. And Absalom's a bitter young man. And he's, he's got... All the gifts of the world. This guy is tall, he's dark, handsome, he's witty, he's winsome. Um, Absalom, I just say right now, if Absalom was in this college, every one of us would go like, man, that is like the sharpest guy in the world. Every, every girl would love this guy. Every guy would say, man, he's a man's man. He's just a great man alive. Absalom has everything. But you know what? You can have everything and have bitterness. 
And Absalom's got a bitter heart, so bitter, unresolved violation of his justice system towards his dad that he takes the kingdom away from his dad. Um, we pick it up in verse 13. It says, And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. Sorry, David. They ain't following you no more. They're following your boy. David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let's go fight my son. No. Arise and let us flee. For we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. You know, David's not going to fight his boy. He's not going to fight his son. So he escapes that night. Several people go with him. They go down to the Kidron Valley. They go up to the Mount of Olives. They're, they're getting out of there as fast as possible before Absalom comes after his dad. We pick up the story in verse 24. And Zadok. Okay, so there's two names here, Zadok and Abathar, that you need to get a hold of. Abathar is the high priest. Zadok is a priest. Zadok is the priest that's in charge of the Ark of the Covenant. Pretty big responsibility. So Zadok is in charge of the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, he's one of the priests. And Abathar is the high priest. Both good guys. Both really good guys. And it says here, and lo, Zadok also, and all of the Levites, so all of the priests, and lo, Zadok also and all of the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God, and Abathar went up until all the people had done passing out of the city. They, they, they all get out. Okay, so Zadok and Abathar have enough spiritual discernment to realize Hey, you know what? Absalom could care less about the Ark of the Covenant, and Absalom could care less about God. David's our man. David cares about this Ark. And the Ark represents the presence, the provision, and the power of God. The Ark's going with David, man. The Ark's going with David. And so Zadok takes that Ark, makes sure it's carried right this time, not on a cart, that they got the men, the Levites, to carry it and everything like that. Abathar's the high priest. We're going after David because David's the man of God. And we're going to follow him. And we're taking the Ark with him. Boy, I'm reading this. I'm going like, that's really cool. Way to go, Zadok. Way to go, Abathar. You guys need to be with David. You're taking the Ark. You know that that's going to carry God's blessing with him. And that's really super. And then I read verse 25. And the king said unto Zadok. Now, do you ever get ahead of yourself when you're reading? I do. When I'm having my devotions, I'm trying to figure this all out. And the king said unto Zadok, and I know what he's going to say. And the king said unto Zadok, wow. Man, guys, way to go. Thanks, man. I, man, this is the toughest night of my life. And here you guys came and look what you guys did. You brought the ark. Wow, we're going to need that, man. We're going to need his presence. Wow, way to go, guys. Thanks so much for coming. Man, and thanks for bringing the ark. Boy, that shows so much. And boy, we'll have the ark on our side. God will give us victory. The ark will be on our side. Wow, guys, thanks. That's what I'm thinking, all right? And the king said unto Zadok, carry back the ark of God into the city. 
Zedek, what are you doing here? We're, we're here for you. Absalom could care less about us. And Absalom could care less about the things of God. We're here for you. Zedek, this isn't about me. This isn't about me, Zadok. The ark of God needs to get back into Jerusalem. You need to take the ark back. Well, when I read that statement, a question comes to my mind, and that is, why does David send the ark back to Jerusalem? Lord, that morning, Friday morning, Lord gave me three things. Why David did this. And college students, you guys need to get this. Why he sends that ark back. Let me tell you one thing. We're going to pray, but let me tell you right now. It is not because he did not want the presence, the power, and the provision of God. It wasn't, get that ark out of here. No, that does, it's just a good luck charm. Get it. No, no, no. He did not send that ark back because he did not want the presence, the power, and the provision of God. He did not send that ark back because he was bitter. Oh, get that out of here. Look at what my son did. I'm so tired of God, and I'm so tired of serving the Lord. I was tired of being a fugitive. With, no, get that. I don't even want to have anything to do. That is not why he sends that ark back. I believe there's three reasons why he sends that ark back. And the students at West Coast Baptist College need to get a hold of them. Father, I pray tonight, today, that every one of these students would not be hearers of the word, but be doers also. And Father, I pray that the way that David handles your will in his life will be the way that we handle your will for our lives. Father, you did speak to me last Friday morning, but I also believe you put a burden on my heart for these students to get this. Father, we live in such an entitlement society. We deserve this and we deserve that. Give us the heart of David today. God, give us a heart to understand the will of God. And may we understand with great, sober, uh, with great soberness today, may we understand that the decisions we make are not just about us. They're for others and they're for you. And Lord, in the short time that we have, I think, in this message, I pray that there would be three truths that every student would be committed to. We pray these things now in Jesus' name and God's children said, amen. Number one, number one. Why does David send the ark back to Jerusalem? Number one, because God's glory is more important than my good. God's glory is more important than my good. Zadok, what are you doing? Zadok, why did you bring the Ark of the Covenant out here? Because Absalom could care less about this. This is, this is God's presence. And David, we know you want God's presence. Oh, no. Zadok, you send that back. You get that Ark back in Jerusalem. Hey, Zadok, this is not about me. This is about God. This is for his glory. This isn't for my good. you got to understand this, Zadok. Look at the rest of the verse. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, hey, hey, 
he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in David anymore. I don't have any delight in thee. Behold, here I am. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. The king said unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return into the city in peace, and your two sons, and with you Ahimez the son, and Jonathan the son of Abathar. No, man, you got to understand. This isn't about my good. This is about God's glory. Now let me tell you something that I'm hearing a lot. And I'm disappointed that I'm hearing this at a Bible college of this caliber. I'll tell you what we hear a lot of today. What do you want? What do you want? You know what? Guys, it really doesn't matter what you want. It's what God wants. It's not about what you want. It's about what God wants. Hey, what do you want to do this summer? Well, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but who cares what you want to do this summer? What does God want you to do this summer? Now, I just want to tell you something, college students. You cannot continue on the path that you're on right now with that mentality. It is not about what you want. Hey, I want to go to the hockey game. Okay, what does God want? Hey, I want to do I want to date that girl. What does God want? I want to be in this relationship. And I could really care less what their parents think about it. I want to be in this relationship. Hey, I want to do this. Hey, I want this. I want that. Gang, it's not about what you want. It's about what God wants. This is, you're not here for your good. You're on this earth for his glory. And we've got to begin to mature to a point where it's not about how happy you are. I do Christian marriage in the home every, um, every semester. And um, we do a thing on divorce. Some of you have taken that class. Several of you have taken that class. And I'll tell you the hardest thing about the divorce issue. It is not scripturally. I can so clearly give you the scriptures. I mean, the Pharisees came to try to trap him one day. They asked him two questions. They said, is there any possibility ever for a divorce? He answers it. What it's been from the beginning. There, what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. He answers it. Now they think they got a draft, so they ask him a second question. Well, then why did Moses give a bill of divorcement? He says, that's because of the hardness of your heart. But from the beginning, it was not so. No, 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 no. There, there, there's no exceptions. There's no, and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about 1 Corinthians 7 and Malachi 2, and I'll be more than happy to go through. It, the biblical structure against divorce is so solid. But I got to tell you what, it gets tough. When a wife has an abusive husband, and he's out running around, or she's having an affair, and they get a divorce, and now she's in her 20s. She's got a little child and she's got to live single the rest of her life or until her husband dies somewhere along the line. I mean, God would never want that. God would want her to be happy and have a fulfilled life. Hey, first of all, let me tell you something. You better not get married 
because you think that that's going to bring satisfaction. Christ is what brings satisfaction. You're going to be really sad in marriage if you get married thinking this is what's going to be my fulfillment. You're going to be really sad. Let me tell you something. God will take care of that single mom. God will take care of that single girl that her husband leaves her, or vice versa, that guy will be okay. God will take care of her. It's not about him being happy. It's about God's glory, the sanctity of marriage. And I'll tell you, when we get into the divorce question, it's always like, but God would want them happy. God would want, first of all, what do you mean by happiness? By the way, See, we again, we think oh, all happiness is, is, is entailed with marriage. Man, I know a lot of people that are married that wish they, they were single. Happiness is not. So the way that we make these decisions, well, surely this is what God would want for me. Can I share this with you? David said, you take that back to Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant does not go with me. We're not going to use God as a little good luck charm. We're not going to just say, oh, yes, I am so glad you brought the ark out because now it's going to be really good. God's on our side. No, that's not the question. Are we on God's side? And David says, you take that ark back because this is not about my good. This is about the glory of God. Now, we live in such an entitlement society today. And we just think we deserve things. David, had he lived in our culture, had been affected by our culture, he would have said, well, good. Zadok, I expected you to bring the ark. I at least deserve the ark of the covenant with me. Absalom took my kingdom. I didn't do anything wrong. I deserve the ark with me. You know what? That entitlement stuff, that we deserve this or deserve that. Now, I know when you, when, when you say this, it's, it's like a good little thing to say in preaching, but it's true. Gang, we deserve an eternity in hell. That's what we deserve. God said, no, you're going to spend eternity with me in heaven. And I'm going to pay for everything. He's forgiven us our sins. He's allowed you to be with. And we still think, well, I, I have the right for this. And I, I'm entitled to this. No. He sent that back. Because he said, this is about God's glory, Zadok. Not about my good. Wow. That so, so sobered me. Number two. Number two. Brother Shetler, why did he send that ark back? This is so good. David wanted God to confirm his will, not for him to create it. I want you to get this. Okay, we don't have alliterated points today, okay? So you're going to have to listen a little bit carefully. David sent that ark back because he didn't want to create the will of God he wanted God to confirm his will in his life. Now, I want to share this with you. A lot of you guys, what you're calling the will of God for your life is what you're putting together. I want you to see, look at verse 25 and 26. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again. He, listen, 
if God is in this thing, I want God to do something in my life and show me both it and his habitation. But if he has thus say, I have no delight in you anymore, David, behold, here I am. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. I am not going to create the will of God for a situation. See, some of you, you put this all together. Now, I just, he talked frankly. I'm going to talk frankly. Some of you guys do this with passes. You get all these things. You get your plane ticket. You did this. You did this. You did this and say, hey, can we have an exception to go on this? Well, what are we supposed to do as deans? Uh, sign the pass. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, we do. But I am telling you, that is not really helping you guys at all. You're learning how to create the will of God for your life instead of seeing God work in your life. You're putting your will together, what you want. I, I, I really do think. So we've got one parent that's not for your relationship, but the other three parents are. So we're just going to kind of keep moving forward with it. And you know what? You're going to get into ministry, and here's what's going to happen in your church. Your church is not going to have a touch of God on it at all. You're going to, your church is going to be all created by you. The spirit of worship, you're going to create. The people and how you get them in, you're going to create it. I'll tell you what we need. We need to see God work in our lives. We need to see that this is God's will. How do you know it's God's will? Because look at what he's doing. So let me ask you a question about God's will for your life, college student. Is it been you putting it all together? Or has it been God, one step at a time, putting it all together? Hey, I want to tell you something. We are becoming masters at learning how to shape the will of God the way we want it. And then we say, hey, do you know for sure it's God's will that you go home and not come back next year? Oh, I do, Dr. Shetler. I know it's God's will. I've prayed about it. Yeah. And I don't want to be disrespectful, but i got to tell you something. You have not only prayed about it, you've connived about it. You have cleverly devised, designed, cut it all, put it, pasted it all together, and kind of go like, yeah, this is God's will for my life. I want to share this with you. He said, no. Zadok, you take the ark back. Why? Because this is not about my good. This is about God's glory. And I'm going to tell you something else, Zadok. We got to know that God's in this thing. We cannot create the will of God by bringing the ark with us as a little good luck charm and go like, look, it's God's will. We have the ark with us. Look at how things worked out. It must be that God's against Absalom. We have the ark with us. No. You know what? If God's in this thing, I will be king again in Jerusalem. And if God's not in this thing, I won't be. But I'm not going to make it happen. I'm going to allow God to make it happen. Now, college students, this is bigger than you think. Because if you start doing it in college about your little ways that you connive and move and make the will of God, you'll do it later on in your life. And you will struggle all the time. You know, I've never really seen the hand of God in my life. That's because you created his will for your life. 
You didn't let him guide the steps. You didn't let him take you through the valleys so that you could grow in those valleys. You dodged around anything difficult in your life. And we live in that culture today. Some of you have been so spared from suffering that you have, God's will could never take me through a tough spot. Oh, if it's God's will, it's got to be really good. It's got to be really nice. It's got to be, oh, suffering cannot be a part of the will of God for a child of God. Well, I don't know. But every city Paul went into to preach, it's like, he probably knew, I know I'm in the will of God because I, I, I just got beat up. I know I'm in the will of God because I'm in prison again. He could have said, hey, no, I can tell you right now when I know I'm in the will of God, all the suffering I go through. I want to give you the third and I'm done. Why does David send the ark back to Jerusalem? Number one, because David realized, hey, this is God's glory. is more important than my good. Number two, David wanted to confirm his will. Oh, oh. I, I, I'm sorry, I got a three little points under that, and you guys got to get them. Brother Shetler, okay, now you made this point, but can you give us a little help? Because if I have been creating the will of God, how do I stop it? That is a really good question, so let me give you three things. Number one, wait on him. Wait on him. Some of you guys don't wait at all to allow God to work. I want to give you Psalm 27. Uh, two great verses here in finding the will of God. Psalm 27, verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I love that verse. I'd have given up, but I really believed God was going to work. And then verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, college student, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Hey, if you're in a relationship right now that doesn't have the blessing from parents, if you're thinking about doing something, see, some of you guys have created these financial scenarios that it must be God's will. And you're going like, well, wait a second, you've got responsibilities to pay a bill. Yeah, but I just think this is God's will for my summer. Oh, wait a second, stop. Guys, we got to stop creating the will of God and allow God to make his will for us. How do you do that? I think, number one, you wait on him. Number two, you get a word from him. I think you wait on the Lord and get a word from him, not your roommate. Get a word from him, not your boyfriend. Get a word from him. You know what? Not Brother Shetler. I... I, I you mentioned something you said the other day. Uh, the other day, in, in faculty meeting, he probably didn't want but the other day in faculty meeting, he said, hey, just want to share something with you as faculty. You know, the students come to you and they ask about God's will. Don't tell them what the will of God is. Listen, point them to how to find the will of God. And I really appreciated that because most of the counselors, I'm going like, I know what the will of God is for this kid. I would, but you know what? You guys do have to find it. And I am, I'm sitting on the other side of the desk and go like, okay, I would love to tell you what you should do. And I know I can't. And I know that that's between you and God. But I'll tell you this. You got to stop creating it. And you got to get a word from God then. Then let's get alone with God and get a word from him. Wait on him. Get a word from him. And then let him produce the way. Let him do the way. You know what? This is so obvious. This is what God wanted me to do this summer. Look at what's happened. You know, if you can't pray for God to change the heart of a parent about a relationship 
and, and God won't, and, and that parent isn't changing about giving their blessing or whatever, how in the world is that going to work in the ministry? You can't even get one of the parents' hearts to change. How in the world are you going to minister to people to see their hearts changed? You see, we keep, we're pushing our will. We're pushing our will. And what we really need is the will of God. Why does David send the ark back? Because it's not about his good, it's about his glory. Why does he send it back? Because he wants to see God work in this. He doesn't want to create it. No, no, no. Zadok, get back. We're going to let God do this. If I ever become king again in Jerusalem, it's going to be a God thing. And that's the way. Number three, his decision about God's will, he knows will affect others. This is really good. His decision about God's will will affect others. Notice what he says in verse 27, 28, 29. The king then said also to Zadok, hey, aren't you a seer? Man, you got to go back. You got to be, you, you got to go back and help, Abath, uh, and help Absalom. No, 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 man. Absalom needs a priest more than I do right now. Listen, you, Abathar, you got to go back. You're the high priest. You got to go. This is not about me. There's other people involved. Hey, you got all the Levites here. No, 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 no. What if Absalom comes out tonight and kills us? He's going to kill all the Levites, all the priests. No, no, no. I am not making a decision that's going to adversely affect other people. You guys, you all need to go back. You need to take the ark back. You guys need to go back over there. I've got some guys with me. My, my warriors are going to stay with me. But listen, this is, this is too far reaching. This is not just about a decision about me. This is about a decision that's going to affect other people. And you got to do that. Now, we say this all the time. God's will for my life. God's will for my life. It's an individual will, and it's like me and God, and it's my life. And I'm not sure we quite understand this. Yeah, it's you and God. But my friend, God's will for your life is all about others. God's will for your life is not about you. God's will for your life is about what you do with it because it will affect other people. He says, Zadok, I got to send the priest back. I got to send you back because you guys could be affected by a decision to follow me. Uh-uh. You guys get back to Jerusalem because it could have adverse effects to you. I've got to be careful how I use this illustration, but it was just so good. His senior year, my youngest son, Drew, was given a choice of five colleges to go to. We went to all five of those colleges. West Coast was one of them. We went to all five of those colleges, and Drew got to see everyone. He got to stay in the dorms in all five of them. I said, if I'm paying for your college education, you're going to one of these five. As his senior year continued on, he made a choice. He applied, was accepted, and it was headed to one of those five colleges. I thought, to be honest, I thought that was the one he would probably choose. I came down at Spiritual Leadership Conference in 2010, and I heard Dr. R 
give a soul-winning presentation in a, in a room called Revels 209. And um, he was a vice president of the college. And he gave this presentation about how to be a soul winner. And after it was over, everyone left. And I stayed in Revels 209. And I looked out the window and I started to cry. And I said, God, I think I made a mistake. Lord, I gave my son five choices. But I really think West Coast is where he needs to go. God, this is the spirit. If this is a vice president of the college and he's a soul winner, okay, like, I don't think that's happening at the other four colleges. God, this is where I want my boy. But I know I can't tell him to come here now. I know I can't tell him to come here. So God, would you do something? I know I can't make it happen and connive it. I gotta have, God, you gotta do this in Drew's life. So that's June. Early in July, they asked me to come down and speak on a Wednesday night. I wanna bring the whole family. So, well, not, Ben was gone already, he was married, but we brought Luke and Drew, Marilee and I came down on a Wednesday night. Next morning, Peter Mord took Drew out to, to the GA and had a coffee with them or whatever. We drive back up to Santa Maria. Nothing is said at all. About a week later, if I remember correctly, maybe 10 days later, Marilee and Drew are in the kitchen. And I'm gone, I'm not even in the house. And Drew says, hey, mom, I think I'm gonna go to West Coast. And Marilee said, what? I mean, this is July, okay, so it's like a month before he's you know, supposed to go. He's already, been he's already been accepted, everything, he's on his way. And he says, uh, I think I'm going to go to West Coast. And Marilee says, Drew, why? Why did you, have you decided West Coast? And he says these words. Dad wants me to go. And Marilee, quick as a whip, said, did your father tell you that you needed to go to West Coast? No. But I know that's what he wants me to do. And she said again, did he, did he at all push you towards West Coast? No. You know what, Mom? And listen to this. You know what, Mom? I don't know if it really mattered which one of the five I went to. I really don't. But I think that if I honor my dad, I think God will bless me. So I tell you what, I think I'm going to go to West Coast. Now let me tell you why that's a big decision. Because I'm preaching in chapel today, and I get to teach the greatest students in the world. I'm at the greatest place. I get to work with the greatest people in the world. And you know why? Because a son made a decision. Because I'm telling you something. I'm not here on staff at West Coast if Drew doesn't come here. It is because Drew came here that my heart was open to it. You see, Drew's decision to come to West Coast wasn't just about Drew. Drew's decision to come to West Coast ends up affecting Marilee and Jim Shetler big time. And I think the Lord honored Drew for that. I really do. I think the Lord honored him here. Now, I got to tell you one thing. I couldn't figure out why in the world that guy did not get a girl out of this college. I mean, I really did. I'm going like, come on, bud. You will never in your life have the selection that you have here. And he fiddled around with a couple girls, but I just got to tell you how he got out of West Coast. But you know what? God had another thing for him. 
And God was preparing Noel. So I find that interesting. Because, and really, a lot of what Drew's doing right now for the Lord in ministry isn't exactly his exact training from here. But this is what's just amazing. He did not get a wife out of West Coast. And he's not actually doing a lot of what classes he took right now, but he's in ministry. But I find it interesting, his decision to come to West Coast affected somebody else. And you got to understand this. No, Zadok, Levites, get the ark back into Jerusalem. You need to take it back. No, no, no. This is not about my good. This is for his glory. No, 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 no. If God's going to do this, we're going to let God do this. We're not going to make this happen because we got a little ark with us. We're not going to create the will of God. We're going to allow God to do this. And guys, you guys could be killed if you stay with me. I'm making a decision tonight, not about me, about you guys. And that decision is, you guys need, you guys need to, that's why you can't quit, guys. God's will for your life isn't about you. It's about all the other people that are going to be ministered by you down the years, down the road. You guys got to know that the will of God for your life isn't about your life. It's about the decisions you make about others. And I think God honored Drew. Matter of fact, it's interesting. I think I got a picture. I don't know if it, it comes up or not. I don't know if they, if they got it. This is Drew and Noel on their wedding day. And I show this. A lot of times I'm on a plane or something. I show uh, someone I'm witnessing to them or something. I want to show them about my kids and their ministry and everything. And I show this picture a lot. And they go like, oh, where did they get that picture taken where they put that uh, thing in the back? Uh, and I said, that's not a thing in the back. That's the day, the wedding day. And they said, no, that's a picture in the back, right? I said, no. But let me tell you about that day. For two weeks, I'm watching the weather app every day. He's going to have an outdoor wedding. The reason why he didn't have it at church is he's, he was working with a church plan at, at, at uh, Castle Rock with Pastor Tate, and they have a Soaring Hawk Elementary School. My son's not going to get married in an elementary school. So he, so, so he got married outside at, at, at the country club at Vail, Colorado. For two weeks... It was rain all that week for the week of the wedding. Then when we got a little closer, it was rain. It was on a Friday. It was rain Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then when we got into the week, like Tuesday, it was rain Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then Thursday, it was just rain on Friday. He got married at Friday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You think it's raining? It is the most drop-dead gorgeous day I have ever seen in my life. And you know what? I think God honored Drew. I think God got, I think Drew got the exact wife he was supposed to, though I still think the girls at West Coast are the best. But he got the, but he got the wife he was supposed to and God honored him. But I'll tell you what, he made a decision to come to a college that wasn't for him really. He knew it could affect others. And it did, it affected his mom and dad. You know what, gang, can I tell you this? It's not about your good. It's about his glory. It is not, you guys got to understand, you guys are creating the will of God and saying, this is God's will for my life. No, this is your will for your life. At least be honest enough to say, this isn't God doing this, this is me doing this. And remember, that the decision that you make is going to affect other people, college students. I want to encourage you today. Would you make a decision today to say, you know what, God? 
I don't want to create your will for my life. I want you to work in my life. And you know what, God? It is not about my good. It is about your glory. You want me to finish at West Coast? I'm all in. Because God, it is not about how, oh, I'm not happy here. God's will isn't about your happiness. Oh, you get the joy. You get all that stuff. David says, you take that ark back. You get that ark out of here. No, the ark belongs in there because this is not about me. This is about God. And we need some people that will be willing to say, you know what? I want his will. Not what I want to do this summer. What God wants done this summer. That's what I'm dedicated to. My decision that I make about pushing this relationship that parents are not for, I got to tell you, I got to let go of it. I got to stop trying to create the will of God and allow God to do it. Gang, when I have my devotions, I don't think about you guys. But Friday morning when I read that story, why did David send that ark back? I thought, wow, we needed it.